Thank you for joining XR Om, which is India's first AR VR focus podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Sabrinath Nair, who's the CEO of Skillvery. He's a computer scientist with interest in simulation, integrated training methodology methodologies. He has wide experience in building intuitive and effective products and solutions for the developing world. And he has been selected to be on the Prime Minister's Champions of Change initiative. He's on the panel of education and skill development, and he's also a winner of NSDC's National Innovation for Skills Challenge. Uh, so, Sabri, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Uh, I shared, uh, yeah, I shared your intro, which I kind of pulled it off the net, but I think it always works well, you know, if I get the introduction from my guests itself. So it would be really cool if you could start with a small, brief introduction in the background. Sure. Thanks, Eddie. So uh, I'm Shabrinath. I run this company called Skillvery, and uh, Skillvery uses XR and Metaverse and VR to uh, on on a very niche segment of uh, vocational skill training. So usually when you hear about XR, it's either about gaming or about uh, education. So even if it is in education, it's rarely about uh, vocational or the industrial applications. So uh, our work is in the industrial metaverse or the applications of XR and AR, VR into the industrial shop flow skills. Uh, so that's where we operate. Lovely. Uh, so since... Uh... You know, you do vocational training. I mean, I would like to ask you this question about generally about the education industry. You know, uh, what do you think about the education industry and currently where they are? You know, do you think that these education industry or, or the institutes are preparing the students for the job requirement of today and the future? Uh, broadly, I would think no. Uh, that's that's why a lot of uh, you know, if, if you look at education as well as if you look at vocational training. Uh, the large Indian edtech companies are all uh, in the space of actually private tuition with technology and environment. They are not replacing schools, they are replacing private tuitions with, with technology. Same is the case with uh, vocational education because uh, we, we, I mean, I'm saying this from the background, like we have customers here in India, we have customers in the Western markets as well, like Europe and uh, North America. So in Europe and North America, almost all of our customers are the training centers or the academic institutions. Whereas in India, the majority is actually from the industry. Uh, the difference, key difference, what I felt is that uh, in the in the Western world, the industry does not ask for any additional internal training because they are sort of happy with the output they get from the academic side. So if somebody is a certified welder, they know that this person can do the job properly, whereas that's not the case here in India. Almost all the industries we work with, they have at least a year-long training program after they hire from an institute of repute. So that's the gap. You know, I, I think in education, the gap is that the schools are not delivering what the parents expect the schools to do. And in vocational also, they are not delivering what the, the employers expect them to have. So that's the big gap in the Indian context. Uh, thank you for actually being being honest and and sharing your views. You know, I mean, a lot, lot of people uh, shy away from the the truth or the facts. And, and yes, I guess there is a large gap because if you go to see, I think most of the industries also today are, are looking at reskilling and upskilling. So I, 
definitely there's someone not doing their job right you know like creating the students uh, for the future otherwise why would they the industries would have to spend millions of dollars in reskilling and upskilling mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. you know even entrepreneurs such as you know Elon Musk uh, are, mm-hmm. are uh, of the view that colleges institutes and degrees are overrated what would would your views be on that and and do do talk about skills versus degrees you know as someone is an entrepreneur or what what is that you would go for so as an entrepreneur i i personally think this is my personal view uh, i am not an authority to say this my personal view is uh, that i would rather go for skills and attitude as opposed to degrees on paper uh, that's my personal choice there are people who uh, hire only from the top iits or top iims but i would think that if somebody brings in the skill and has an attitude to learn you think i would pick that person over someone with a fancy degree and i think in india we also see a lot of uh, you know uh, tendency for people to keep on studies uh, you you would see people doing uh, double masters and then a doctoral and then a postdoctoral so even by the age of 30 they are not really contributing to the society in in some sense you know like uh, unless the research they are doing is so cutting edge and it is finding an application by some industry coming and licensing that tech from the university we we end up seeing a lot of people doing doctorate because they need to have that title in front of their names so i think that's a wrong trend or wrong focus uh, on the other hand a lot of things are changing so fast it's not possible for a four year program to be uh, so updated that you know they they can always deliver what the industry uh, will need so i would have preferred if the if the degree programs are shorter instead of 3 years becoming 4 years i i would have been happier if it shortens to 2 years so that there is more predictability and uh, the the year 3 and year 4 could be more of a full time internship or a practical apprenticeship which will deliver the skills that the industry requires than than what was you know finalized in some closed room and as the syllabus Uh, right uh, would you like to elaborate a little bit more on, on these shortening the courses uh, idea or thought because i think there are a lot of these uh, institutes at techs are going for these micro programs which is really focused and narrow rather than very uh, uh, you know broad uh, and w- while you are talking about these micro uh, micro programs uh, talk talk about a little bit of these moocs also and these massive open online courses and internet in general being regarded as the new teacher which 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 is actually free easily accessible any point of time so how is that you also think going to disrupt the uh, uh, education industry both both uh, vocational as well as uh... yeah i think that disruption is already happening you know like uh, the, the, if you if you need to know something be it something you got to do in the house to repair something or you have to learn something uh many people now i find they steadily go to youtube and put in a search keyword and then they get five videos from which they learn what's it all about and then they do and apply it right away so that i think is a is a change that has already happened and in terms of uh, uh you know uh, micro courses i think that helps because there are a lot more options you can pick and choose to do and learn only the precise thing that you think will get applied in your job uh, so many times when i am consulted by engineering college departments to advise on their curriculum i try and tell people to you know you don't need to cram in so much of uh, compulsory items you can 
make it more electives based, which is in sense, uh, in, a, in a sense, like the micro programs too. And it is physically not possible for somebody to learn so many things at a shallow level. It is rather better to pick one or two verticals and then try and go as deep as possible in those verticals. So that that has been my personal preference in terms of uh, the education side. Even the vocational side, if you look at uh, you know, a, a subject like welding, which is you know an area that we have been working for the last 10 years. Uh, so somebody to become a welder in the automotive sector is actually requiring only two to four weeks of training. The welding courses that run in the country for run by the ITs are one year long. Even if the courses by the government are free, you know, or maybe having a very nominal fees, what is not taken into account is the opportunity cost for the people coming and attending the course. Like if you know, if I have to, I can either come and enroll for a full-time course or I can go for a casual laborer kind of job. The casual laborer earns 8,000 a month at least. Whereas if I'm studying, even if the course is free, I'm practically paying that 8,000 rupees a month. So if it is instead possible to train somebody to be an automotive uh, welder, which takes about a month long or two weeks long course, from the second month, he's going to earn 15,000 rupees a month. And so the, the, the it's been talking, uh, spoken about a lot, but not so much implemented that there can be multiple entry points and multiple exit points from your education path. You know, that I think should come in. So you learn just to be a very basic automotive welder. You spend two weeks to four weeks learning that you earn for a year. You have some savings. Then you decide, okay, come, let me upgrade my skills to be an advanced automotive welder. So you spend another two weeks or one month in acquiring additional skills and then your earning goes from 15,000 to 25,000. So like that, there can be multiple entry points, multiple exit points. Doesn't have to be one commitment for four years. Just before getting into this uh, recording, I was reading and reading a tweet where uh, the person had analyzed the placement opportunities at IITs. And uh, uh, then there was also another related tweet which said about the the skew towards the tech, the software side of things, as opposed to manufacturing and core engineering. Now, the, the and as of today's date, he was saying that uh, it doesn't matter which IIT, I mean, doesn't, it's not sufficient that you have gone to an IIT, but it's also important that you study the right course at an IIT. Now, this is one aspect that keeps changing. You know, if it's a, if it's a boom year, then it doesn't matter which course you have studied. You get a placement just by being in that IIT because the, the employers know that you are part of the green. But if it's not a boom year, then they start to be choosy. They look for only certain courses over all the other courses. So when you are entering a course, it is very difficult to predict what's the job market going to be like after four years. If it is two years, it's slightly more easy to predict. Four years is totally very difficult to do that. Right, you know, I mean, I mean, so so awesome. I mean, you summarize in such a way. Instead of, I mean, you know, today you have these opportunities and 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 the vocational training you're doing through Skillberry. I mean, a mm -hmm. person can start, a, you know, becoming. I mean, you know, making money right from you know, yeah. you know the, the, rather than waiting out for four years. So I I think that it's such a different perspective to look towards life and, and your career itself in, in this extremely fast changing, fast evolving world where there's various dynamics are at play, 
either you wait it out for four years, eight years, thinking that, okay, I'm going to do that. And, and by that time, the entire dynamics has changed and yeah. whatever you did is completely irrelevant, you know, because I mean, yeah. today itself, you know, there are so many jobs which are just being erased by artificial mm. intelligence, you know, there's image to text, yeah. text generation. And there was this, uh, this entire thought uh, that, you know, AI would not be touching the creative field. And here comes space, stable yeah. diffusion, which has created yeah. this open API, open platform, uh, where you, you just throw in a couple of prompts and, and they voila, you become a designer in, in, in mm. not like professional designer, but at least you, you have a reference without creating a team or being a huge amount. So, so I think a, a student needs to understand this dynamics because the, the world is evolving and changing rapidly. And post-COVID, mm -hmm. that dynamics has accelerated. So in that world, I think a student, an institute, uh, uh, an enterprise needs to be aware of this dynamics and start leveraging it quickly. You need to be agile mm -hmm. like a startup. Uh, yeah. and, and you also mentioned about, you know, that uh, in this world of so much information, we always, uh, you know, there's something called FOMO, you fear fear of yeah. losing out or missing out but i think uh you need to funnel in things which is important for you rather than let everything come because there's no single person in the in the, in, in the world who will be able to take the kind the kind of yeah. data that which is being churned churned out mm -hmm. you know every minute or, or a second would you like to talk about skill very what are you building uh, and talk about a little bit more please yes so uh our focus had been in terms of so uh, let me tell you the context behind which we started Skillvery 10 years back. So uh, the National Skill Development Corporation had been launched a few years before that. And then um, I, I read one speech uh, by the then CEO of NSDC, where he said that the Delhi T3 was uh, built using Chinese labor. And the Delhi Metro, the tunneling was done by people who were brought in from Peru. So I was so surprised, you know, a country this populous with 70% of it being young, why did we have to bring people from across the world to, to get things done here? So that's when I started reading more about what was called as a skill gap and how uh, India as a nation has been obsessed with white collar uh, and therefore paper degrees as opposed to being able to create something of value to the rest of the society. So, uh, and then... Uh, we also realized that it is not possible to create 100 times more ITIs or 100 times more engineering colleges or polytechnics. So some of it has to be technology enabled. So you mentioned MOOC earlier in this conversation. So our objective was to be the MOOC for the practical skills. You know, MOOC is already there through Coursera, Udemy, uh, everything, where, where you, or even YouTube, where you can search a keyword and find the relevant videos. But then you can't possibly learn to swim by looking at a video or same thing with uh, welding, painting, uh, AC repair and other things. So uh, so that's what we wanted to be. So we started with welding because when we did our initial study, we were looking at a significant skill which can give somebody a good earning ability. You know, we were defining it around 12,000, 15,000 rupees per month at that point of time, 10 years back. And welding was one such skill where it could be taught in two weeks and somebody can earn 15,000 rupees by uh, you know, spending two weeks of learning. So uh, that's why we started with welding. And then once we solved this for welding, then people or customers said, you know, whatever we weld, we also paint. So can you do something for painting? 
So then we came to automotive painting and from automotive painting, we came to, because paint is also being used to paint houses. So then household painting training also became another factor. And uh, the moment you use XR into these, uh, you know, there are a lot more possibilities that come out. So one of the spin-off uh, or rather a good uh, side effect that we had was that the same virtual reality headsets that we use could be used by a domestic painting contractor to go and map out a house to see what is the area, convert that existing house into a 3D drawing. So create a quote very quickly saying that this is the total area of wall I have to paint. This is the amount of time I'm going to take. This is the amount of paint I'm going to use. So here is the quote very quickly using a software, you can generate a quote on the mobile. And you also help him visualize the customer, visualize how the house is going to look after you do the painting. So when you're wearing the headset, initially you have the AR pass through, uh, feel through which you see the real house. You quickly mark the walls and the edges. Based on that, the software will calculate the, the area and the paint and the time required. And then the next step, you start applying the texture and paint to each wall. And the wall would, uh, if you're applying a silky coat, it'll look semi-shiny. If you're applying a matte finish, it'll look not shiny. If you're applying gloss, it'll be very shiny. So all that till then was possible on a mobile phone where you keep it and then look at the wall over the camera. But that doesn't give an immersive feeling. So with with the current technology, it's possible for you to wear a headset and then visualize it in 3D, walk around the house in, in 3D. So that opens up a lot more uh, potential. So similarly, the other skills that we came across, one was this uh, AC repair mechanic. So in a country like India, where uh, except the Himalayan states, everywhere there are ACs being used. And uh, the repair of that is a large need. So uh, there are a lot of Indian IT is also having AC mechanic as a course, but what we find is that uh, even after studying an ITA course, an employer would take them and give them in-house training for about a year. So once we built our software solution using uh, AR, VR, uh, what we found was that uh, our course was helping these employers to reduce the training time from uh, 12 months to about two to three months. So what earlier, I know the productivity was only after this, first year completion. Now, from the fourth month or third month onwards, a person is uh, capable of being taken on a job by himself or herself. So that has been an, an achievement uh, that you know, we are proud to speak about. Right. So so this, this uh, sounds very good. Uh, I'm sure there are the, these challenges because, you know, challenges as in, you know, the, these hardware are still very expensive, you know, whether you're talking about these virtual reality glasses or augmented reality glasses, how does this work? Who who are your customers at this point in time? Are these blue collared workers able to, uh, you know, access and understand uh, the, the technology? What, what are the challenges that you faced while building this? So let, let me uh, answer in a slightly different order. So, um, the blue collar workers do not face a problem in terms of technology adoption. You know, um, I think that has been one of our biggest learnings also in the last so many years. And also, I think that's an area where most policymakers also have been a little blinded because we assume that Indian rural means that, you know, there is no technology, there is, you know, they, they find it difficult to access all that. People pick up technology really well. It's only uh, a question of access. The moment they get access, they pick up as fast as you know, the, one of the 
millennial wizards can pick up so everybody picks up technology the moment they are given that access to so that is one second is just to clarify we don't do trainings ourselves we are a training enabler we we create software and hardware solutions that training centers used to train uh, their uh, students so it's it's more a question of uh, the the training the, the training aspirants uh, finding the right training centers and then enrolling there where they have these high tech devices in terms of costing i think that part is changing you know partially because of this push from uh, facebook or meta because they released a headset which they initially priced at $300 and now they have uh, increased the price to $400 and that headset i think is a game changer because before that most of the headsets were tethered or you know pc based so you had to spend about $1000 on the headset another 1000 to $1500 on the pc and it was not mobile you know you you had to make it stationary now uh, when it comes to these uh, uh, standalone untethered headsets you can carry it around it has a battery backup you can have a battery bank which will provide additional power to these devices so um, at 400 dollars i think it is a game changer because in in all of my contacts in the north american market it's it's a simple straightforward business you know they 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 go ahead and buy it even at the individual level they go ahead and buy it the iti customers that we have in north america they have one headset for every two students in india we have one headset for maybe 20 students so that that's a difference that we see in these regions even in the indian context you know the the oculus quest is now around 40000 rupees landed price in india as of today now it's also the same country where iphone which is priced above 1 lakh rupees also gets sold in big numbers so the affordability factor is changing so earlier uh, when you when you were speaking about a headset and virtual reality you needed to spend at least 2 and 1/2 lakhs to access that now that has come down to 40000 so i think it is at the same point you know we are at the same point where 20 years back when e learning was being spoken about there were laptop penetration was not very high now almost every household has at least one laptop almost you no know, if you look at the urban cases uh, and so just like how laptop was laptop or a good mobile phone was a uh, entry point into the e learning modules the headsets also will become popular enough maybe not one in every household but maybe there could be just like how we had internet cafes where you could go and access computing and uh, internet you could have Uh, metaverse cafe or xr cafe or vr cafe is a possible business you know you, you still see it one or two per city it could become much larger as the popularity goes up and uh, there are uh, reports that say that it's only a question of whether uh, vr headsets will become they they're agreeing that vr headsets will become really popular the only question is will it become as popular as smartphone or will it be comparable to smartwatch you know there are more people wearing smartwatches today will it be at the level of smartwatch or will it be at the level of smartphone that's the debating point as of today so i think things are going to change positively in in the near future 
lovely uh thank you for enlightening me about you know the change that's happening in the blue collar workers and and people who are more adaptive because yes uh, rightfully they, you know i think uh, you pointed out that there's a notion false notion that you know the rural areas or, or the blue collar collar workers are not so uh, adaptive to tech but you 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 saying that you know there are people who are like really adaptive to tech and and moving on uh, and leveraging these kind of things. so and yes i think meta has been such a game changer you know there are people who who bring down facebook but i think the, the only company today uh, which has really uh, you know nudged the entire xr conversation or the metaverse conversation forward is only because of a single individual mark zuckerberg you know because of his yeah. push and his vision of, of uh, uh metaverse and i think possibly apple is going to ride on to it and they just smart players but i think it's it's the brave heart uh mark zuckerberg and meta which is uh like really driving the conversation and 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 have created that like you said directly pointed our oculus quest 2 i mean the price point you know 300 dollars now though it's gone to 400 dollars but uh, a, a stand alone untethered headset you know it gives so much uh, kind of uh, freedom uh, and brings the accessibility to our, our larger population uh, would you like to talk a little bit more about the customers how they uh, leveraging uh, 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 skillvery and maybe because i was on your head side and saw that you have a range of, of products you know uh, you know if, if you could talk a little bit about the products also yeah so in terms of customers we have uh, in india we have a 50 50 mix between industry and uh, training centers so industry like fashion group or jcb or uh, maruti or you know on the painting side nippon paint asian paint berger paint axo novel uh so most large companies which have uh, a captive training need are our customers so if you look at different segments if you look at construction equipment uh, jcb cobelco uh, uh this uh, case new holland uh, caterpillar they are all customers so if you take automotive tata motors uh, ashok leland maruti piaggio many of them are customers so uh, we have grown to be uh, the the name to go for in terms of industrial skill training in terms of uh, the institutes it's the the maximum impact of what we do is in the iti's where the people who do the hard work are trained there is also a good presence in polytechnics and also in engineering colleges including uh, five of the iits of the country in the foreign market in the uh, us and canada market we are predominantly in the community college and the high schools so in us in high schools they give a you know a preview to what kind of skills you could also pursue if you're not so interested in the, the regular conventional education so that preview is done entirely through our products and coming to the differences in product offering we have uh products built around the standalone headsets like Oculus Quest or uh, the Pico Neo headsets which are portable and mobile and therefore being a, a standalone device their processing ability is limited and then we also have a more digital uh more XR uh offerings built around uh the HTC Vive Pro kind of uh, devices where you also have trackers that can be attached to real world objects so if you if you are learning welding or painting or blasting you will have the welding gun or the blasting gun in your hand physically so you have the haptic feel also uh, 
and there are trackers attached to it. So uh, you selectively bring in the components from real world into the virtual world. So you don't need, you, you may feel like you are inside a welding shop floor and you know, inside a factory, but you have a real welding gun from the real world in your hand, which is mapped exactly one is to one. So that, that kind of a model is also, available. this is meant for more serious and more in-depth, uh, complicated uh, training. Lovely. How cool is that, uh, Sabri? Uh, Sabri, would you like to, you know, uh, share your views on the metaverse and its opportunity? Uh, and while you're at it, uh, you're, you're at it, maybe also talk about India's ecosystem. What what are the pros and cons? And do you think the government or the investor ecosystem is doing enough? Yeah, I think the ecosystem is very good. You know, like 10 years back when we started, startups were not a cool thing to be. Now, startups are the cool thing to be. And it's easier to hire for startups as opposed to, you know, 10 years back. And I think government support has been phenomenal in the last 15 years or so. There, there are a lot of incubators that are out there. Uh, so unlike the US where all these activators and incubators are privately run, here in India, we have government-funded uh, incubators which... Uh, support new companies to come up with and then have uh, the, the uh, financial as well as other technical mentoring support to test out and validate their business models. I think talent is immense, um, especially in terms of software talent or the talent required to build for uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, etc. is very good. In terms of uh, hardware, I think it is still a little bit lagging. No? Uh, I think one area where Skidri has stood out compared to the rest is that we are not afraid of hardware. So uh, like a device like an Oculus Quest is meant for a single person, single use consumption. Whereas if you have to apply it for a training need, uh, somebody else has to see what's happening inside. So there, there are some built-in streaming methods, but they are all very patchy. It, it, uh, no, even this morning when we were showing a demo to somebody, they were surprised because when they use their streaming, they they say that the built-in streaming from Quest is very patchy. It breaks if you move all that. Whereas we have uh, created our own uh, sort of an operating system which includes a streaming module. So you have a laptop which creates its own Wi-Fi network. The, the Oculus Quest connects to that and it streams the content to it. So you connect once with a USB cable, there is a handshake, and then you are good to go. You remove the headset and you're free to walk anywhere. The laptop can connect to a larger screen. So in terms of being unafraid of touching hardware, unafraid of putting together different hardware and then adding your software layer to uh, give a smooth one-click experience to the end user. Uh, because the, the, the trainer at an IT is not going to be a software geek. You know, It has to be simple one-click uh, option. So that's something we have been able to do. And uh, on the first question on on metaverse, I think it's a double-edged sword. You know, uh, there's a lot of hype on it. Uh, a lot of promises are being made. I think only thirty percent of those promises will be met, and therefore people might uh, be put off from uh, metaverse because there are you are promising the moon and you are getting only the street lights. So, but street lights by itself are quite useful. So if you look at uh, those use cases where value can be proven. I think it, it can do wonders that other technologies could not do uh, yet. You know? So uh, we see that learning by doing as 75% as opposed to listening to somebody say, this is how things are. That's only 5%. So that's a huge gap. 
between these two and metaverse as is being evolving now or rather virtual reality plus a few other things or, or AR, VR, XR plus a few other things will change the way learning is done. So I think, I think the future is bright. Uh, I hope the right kind of, uh, I hope the right kind of use cases get more prominence as opposed to somebody saying I bought real estate in the metaverse. You know, you're not going to wear a headset full time and see you might actually want to buy a real house, order a real food. You can't see a 3D drawing of a burger and then satisfy your hunger. So, so the hype needs to be taken off in, in some areas. Completely fair enough. Uh, Sabri, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. My last question, uh, if uh, what would be your pitch to uh, you know the listeners who would want to access your services? Uh, where can they get in touch with you and what comes next? So if they have any of the uh, Oculus uh, or uh, HTC, if they have any of the VR, AR headsets, then they can download our software from the store and then they can try it or they can get in touch with us over email or phone. It's both are listed on our website. And uh, anyone who is interested in contributing this, uh, you know, contributing to building this future, as in any AR, VR enthusiast who would like to work for us or any any person from the industry or academia wanting to apply ARVR onto their uh, courses, they are all happy to write to me at uh, ceo at skillberry.com. Uh, Sabri, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. It was a complete learning experience for me. Uh, the education uh, industry, vocational as well, is completely changing. And we need people such, I mean, you know, brave enough to point out the wrongs and, and say that, yeah, the future is coming. It's dynamic. And, and, you know, there's so much else that you can do rather than hold on to your traditional ways. And, and uh, uh Kudos to your team. Uh, wish you uh, uh, and your team the very best. And to my listeners, if you like what you see in here, then please press the subscribe button. Until next time, see you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate this. Thank you, Eddie. Enjoyed talking to you.